How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working. So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out. Hello and welcome to another Mirror Football podcast, quite an impromptu podcast this one because we have breaking news uh, this morning, Monday morning, uh, Slavon Bilic has been sacked as manager of West Ham. Was it the right decision for him to go? Is David Moyes, as he is likely to be taking over, the right man to replace him? Uh, We're going to be discussing now, uh, I'm Aaron Flanagan hosting alongside Mirror Football editor Matt Lawless and one of our top reporters Liam Prenderville. Uh, we're also going to be joined on the phone very shortly by Darren Lewis, one of the newspaper's senior reporters, uh, so we'll be getting all the insight into everything that has gone on with West Ham, with Slavon Bilic, and coming forward, David Moyes. Uh, Matty, I'll start with you. Yes. Uh, Slavon Bilic, gone. Um, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? It has. I think Saturday's performance was abysmal. I'm a season ticket holder as well, I should add, and uh, it was so disappointing so abject you know we started so well a fantastic first 20 minutes AU hits the post but then it changes you know in a matter of 14 seconds Liverpool break away and the Ryan was on the wall ever since then you know Village was going to walk and my understanding was that even uh, yesterday the owners were still toying with the decision but Everton's incredible 3-2 win over Watford see them climb out of the drop zone West Ham took their place and as a result they were forced into a change but there's never been an agenda from within from my understanding to get rid of Billich they wanted him to succeed they wanted him to work they don't sack managers but they've been forced to this time because the record speaks for itself he's got a win percentage of 37.8 which is poor uh, this season they've lost six games they've thrown points away they've been beaten um, by newly promoted teams in Brighton and Newcastle, it's dire straits for West Ham at the minute, and the situation, as I said, has become untenable. West Ham, as you touch on there, they've never really been a sacking club. They've always stuck by the managers for a long time. As West Ham, they may be disappointed that they've had to make a change so early in the season. Because I think they were only eleven games into the season. We're still in the early stage of the season. Would they have liked to have maybe given him January? Do you think or? has the protest from the fans you know, yeah it's interesting to say that because I don't think you know with Allardyce the fans were very vocal um, that they felt that he didn't play the West Ham way whatever that is you know um, but with Billich he did get time and he had, did have support and it was still a bit of a mixed reaction between supporters um, but you know the fact was this that he looked like a man who'd given up on himself he hadn't lost the dressing room, but he'd given up on himself. You could see that. He was defeated after the game. He was defeated after the Palace draw where uh, West Ham conceded a 97-minute equaliser. So I think you get to that situation. And in any situation, as a manager, you have to lead from the front foot. And he didn't do that after the game on Saturday. You want your manager to be saying to you, look, come on, we can do this. And I do believe that West Ham can stay up. As you say, 11 games gone, plenty of time left to save the season. But you need someone you can look to and believe that he's the guy that can get you out of trouble. You know, if we're in trouble here, then it's down to me as the boss 
to kind of galvanise everyone and make sure that they believe in my direction. I think it was getting to the point with Slavin that the players didn't see that in him anymore. And I think had it gone on any longer, it would have been ten times worse. So bring the new manager in with fresh ideas and inject some you know, belief into the squad. That will really, really help West Ham, I think. Absolutely. Uh, Liam, uh, from looking from afar, obviously not a West Ham fan, uh, what do you think has gone wrong uh, for them this season? I think it's been sort of a running theme for the last season and the start of this season. The recruitment's not really been good enough. There have been some questionable signings, last season in particular. Some of the players they've brought in this year, I think, have been better, but there's something just not right there. There's a lot of individuals, Anato like just come in, Hernandez, and you sort of, there's no real idea of what they're doing with the team. I mean, Bilic puts a side out there, played a back three at the weekend. I'm not really sure what's going on. The wing, I think Fernandez is not a wing back. Hernandez is playing up top on his own. Just it's all a bit of much of a muchness, and yeah, nothing seems to be working. There is a bit of you know square pegs in round holes. I think you know on paper you could argue that it was a good transfer window for West Ham in the summer. There were some good players brought in. You know England's number one, Pablo Zabaleta. Okay, he's getting on a bit, but he's still a fantastic Premier League fullback. Uh, Javier Hernandez from good stock but you know there are players like Arnautovic that paid £24 million yeah. for him Liam, like, that's a club record and Charlie Adam hit the nail on the head straight away he's lazy mm. you know yes. he, he's a player that he blows hot and cold and you know West Ham fans are already booing him and that's that's a real shame and I think again he's a player with obvious quality but he needs a manager who can bring yeah. out the best in him if, if you've got a manager who's given up then your star man's not going to deliver either and I think you're right West Ham got lucky a couple of years ago with Payet, you know, one of the signings of perhaps one of the best Premier League signings ever. Not the best, but certainly up there for a club like West Ham, £10 million. Losing him last season was a blow. They had Lanzini, who they signed as well at the same time. But since then, it's been very, very poor. I mean, you look at players like Jose Fonte, who's okay, he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic international for Portugal, who's won the Euros. But for West Ham to have spent you know, £8 million on a 33-year-old defender. I mean, and he's injured, he's, he's injured now. There's been a lot of questionable signs. And, and the one that really um, was the end point for Bilic was the whole William Carvalho saga where Bilic wanted him. Yeah. 100% he wanted him. And, you know, unfairly, he was probably thrown under the bus because the club leaked those emails, all right? And they said that he was offered other targets and didn't take them I don't believe that's true but you know ultimately that's what's cost West Ham this season they've got no spine to that midfield and Bilic has paid the price okay, so we say it's Bilic paying the price he's been sacked but all the talk we're saying surrounds the transfer market how much of a say has Bilic actually had a lot. on the transfer an awful it, lot yeah I mean, he, he's the man we think that's behind Without a doubt, he identified Javier Hernandez, he identified Marco Arnautovic, um, he he approved Hart, he identified Zabaleta. You know, these were billet signings. I mean, previously, there have been signings at West Ham that, um, don't forget Tony Henry, who's West Ham's head of recruitment, he's, he's a big part in this with, with David Sullivan, uh, the co-owner who takes a lot of these matters into his own hands. Um, and fair enough, they, they stump up the cash, but... Billich can't hide behind that, you know, they, they were players wanted. The one player who didn't get, like I say, was Carvalho. We're joined now by Darren Lewis, one of our senior football reporters at the Daily Mirror, um, to talk over the uh, decision to sack Slavan Bilic. Um, Darren, first of all, um, Slavan's gone. Has it pretty much been a long time coming, do we think? Yes, it has been a long time coming, Darren. 
performances haven't been good, the signings have been poor. Morale has been very low and you only have to look at the last 20 minutes or so of the game on Saturday where Liverpool scored four, could have had eight, and West Ham were all over the place. And the fans decided that they'd had enough and left around about 20 minutes before the end. The London Stadium, pretty much empty at the end. Andy Carroll, very forthcoming with his comments on Saturday, saying that the fans should stay until the end of the game. But the big problem for the fans, they've had enough. It's similar to what they saw against West Ham. Uh, sorry, Brighton at West Ham, where Brighton, the promoted team, uh, the team that so many other players decided they didn't want to join because they got a fighting obligation battle, came to West Ham and won easily by three goals to nil. Newcastle have beaten West Ham up from the Championship. Burnley, uh, West Ham were leading until right at the end where they conceded. And I think the West Ham board looked at the club, the style of play, the lack of belief, and decided that Village club no further and sometimes I know lots of people are on social media saying you know sack the board and this that and the other but you know sometimes you have to take a decision when you the team are going nowhere and that's the case with Village. Yeah absolutely uh, you mentioned about taking the club forward uh, David Moyes it very much seems like is going to be appointed um, how did it come about because obviously David Moyes was very very disappointing in the Premier League with Sunderland last year He's not had, not had kind of much success for a few years now. Where, how did well the imminent appointment of Moyes come about? Well, they've been big admirers of David Moyes for some time. When Sam Allardyce left the club, they wanted Moyes at the time, uh, but Moyes kind of felt that he wasn't ready for that job. But they admired him since he was at Everton. Moyes obviously went to Manchester United, where he didn't have a happy time. But the widely held belief was that. Argue the club was too big for him, but I think it's not really affected the admiration that they've got for him. Sociedad, another country, possibly uh, the culture. The, it didn't things didn't work for him in terms of the culture of the club uh, and the players that he had there, struggling club at the time. And then you look at Sunderland. Well, they're a basket case, and Simon Grayson, a good manager, gone there, been sacked within minutes of the final whistle the other day. Uh, and, and, and you look at Sunderland and you look at the malaise that's sitting and the problems that they have and you realise that actually there are at that club which mean that you can't really judge a manager properly uh, on the basis of what's there. So you accept that his form at those clubs was poor but at the same time with better players a better run club and West Ham are a well-run club despite what some people might say it'll be interesting to see if he fails there and and people are entirely right to to kind of look at how it all shakes down at the London Stadium Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast and this is a Staycast from Acast Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now which is currently to stay at home where possible While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts. And yes, 
he'll have had his chances at some very big clubs and he can't have any complaints. But you would suggest, certainly with the calibre of players that they've got at West Ham, that he would make a better fist of it there than he did at any of his previous clubs. And also that he will have learned from the mistakes that he made at his previous clubs and maybe put them right this time. Absolutely. Uh, January's coming around quite soon. Uh, is, there, is there any indication from West Ham that even though they spent big in the summer that, that they'll back Moyes with you know a bit of a budget and let him change the squad at all? Yeah, my understanding is that um, they'll let him make a couple of changes in January and that uh, the, some of the players who aren't doing it will be uh, moved on. There are a couple of players who want to go anyway. It's no secret that uh, Diafra Saka wants to leave the club and possibly go back to France. There are one or two others who possibly might not be in David Moyes' plans, but the understanding is that he will be given money to spend. And when you look at the clubs that have stayed up uh, in the past, uh, have been allowed to do uh, Sam Allardyce when he was at Crystal Palace and when he was at Sunderland, it was going into the January transfer window that enabled him to bring in the quality that helped those clubs to stay up. I think... Moyes will be allowed to do so again and I would be very surprised if he didn't look at at least one midfielder and a defender Lovely stuff. Darren, really really appreciate you joining us on the podcast thank you very much. Cheers Aaron, no problem. Cheers, thank you Darren Lewis there joining us on the Mirror Football Podcast uh, interesting what he says at the end there um, Moyes is going to get a bit of money if, if money comes in a bit of money in January to spruce the That's got to be music to your ears as a West Ham season ticket holder. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Of course, you want you want to see recruitment, and we need it desperately. I think for me, there's three three areas that I'd identify. That would be a holding midfielder for one. We need a new centre half, and um, you know we're we're still lacking you know a bit of support up front. Someone with a bit of creation. So, yeah, I, I reckon he'll bring in Fellaini. Uh, Yanazai, Stephen Pina, but I don't know. Look, it's good news that West Ham are going to put their money behind a new manager because you need that. Because yeah. as as much as it is a good job, and there are talented players within that squad yeah. already, as any case, when you're coming into a new job, you kind of want to put your stamp on it, and that's exactly what Moyes will have to do. I think it'll be interesting to see what he does with the money. I know uh, Everton, he he. Produce some real, real great signings with little yeah. money. Tim Cahill, Arteta, even Leighton Baines, Phil Jagielka is still there now. Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman as well, yeah. 50 grand. You know, they were great pieces of business. When he had a bit more money to spend, he didn't always do that well. I remember Billy Aletdinov was one that springs to mind. 15 million yeah. came and he did very little. And it's in, it'll be interesting to see how he does because now I don't think there are that many bargains out there. You know, agents and clubs can demand huge fees. It'll be interesting to see what he does with the money. And with that as well, now that that's kind of common knowledge that West Ham do want to spend, they kind of might be forced to pay a premium, as we know in January anyway, that yeah. clubs are often forced to overpay in this market. But I think it's a good point, Moyes, because at Manchester United, we know he wanted to sign other players. He wanted Fabregas, mm. he wanted Gareth Bale, he was promised one or two of those as well but didn't he only signed Fellaini and, and Juan Mata eventually before before he left Sunderland there was never really any money so again he was kind of doing things on the shoestring a lot of loans free signing so with a bit of money yeah maybe it will be interesting to see what Moyes does uh, Liam you've watched a lot of Everton uh, David Moyes was obviously at Everton for years and years I know he's not had particular success since 
Um, but what do you think, from his time at Everton, he can bring to West Ham that can actually save West Ham now? I mean, I think he'll first and foremost, he'll get them working. And I think there was a bit of a concern that in the last few months, players haven't really been pulling together for Bilic. I remember when he first came in at Everton, he, he inherited a very ageing squad. The likes of Ginola, Gascoigne were there. And he, so he got the players in, he got them working hard. And he came in late in the season that year and he turned things around, kept them up and built on that in the next season. So I think first and foremost, his first thing will be get the players going, get them working defensively, get them a bit more structured in there, probably revert to a back four, which I think is the best way forward for West Ham. And I think he'll move from there. Yeah, there was a lot of concern um, from within, I understand, that statistically West Ham were far beyond uh, the pace of, uh, among the Premier League. I think, actually, they, they've recorded the second worst distance covered um, this season. They've recorded the worst number of sprints so far this year. Um, and actually, Billich was kind of looking at bringing in a new fitness and performance uh, coach, which could still happen. Four of Billich's backroom staff have gone with him. So Chris Woods will stay. He's worked with Moyes at Manchester United. Um, and it looks like Phil Neville will come in as his number two. Yeah. Um, Moyes obviously has not had much success in the last few seasons. Um, it can't be the most inspiring of appointment for West Ham fans. Well, we've got a few West Ham fans in the office. I was talking to one before we came down here and recorded. And he went, not happy, not inspired. It doesn't see, see that you know, actually changing the manager is even a step forward because of what's happened at Sunderland, Sociedad, Manchester United. Yourself, Matty, are you inspired by Moyes or do you think there was maybe a better option out there? It's difficult to say inspired because I think at this time of the season, like I say, you don't want to see your manager get sacked. And I don't think there is an awful lot of choice. Personally, I would love to have seen you know a bit of ambition go for someone like Brendan Rodgers who let's have it right he was a Steven Gerrard slip away from winning the title at, at Liverpool since yeah. he's done a fantastic job at Celtic okay it's a, a one team league up there you could argue but um, I think Moyes is a good good appointment I think Liam's right with what he said earlier I think he will improve the work ethic um, and I think West Ham fans need to just get behind him and, and just see the season out now it's all about survival at this at this early stage mm-hmm. He's only been given a six-month contract or a contract to the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, if he proves himself, he could yeah. get out on a permanent yeah. basis. Is it maybe, from West Ham's point of view, worrying that they're looking only for the short term and not for the long term? No, I'd say it's sensible. I think you give yourself time to assess what else is out there at the end of the season. Who knows, there could be big managers available at the end of the season. And I think West Ham is a big club. Of course I'm going to say that, my West Ham season's a golden. But <laughs> you look at, like, you know, they've moved to the London Stadium... Uh, it's 60,000 fans in there every week you know it's a big Premier League club in London they should be in the top 10 they should be competing for European places um, so it is an attractive proposition but not at this particular time so somebody like David Moyes it's great for him it's a good opportunity for him to sort of reassert himself on the managerial map you know he's had a few disappointments of late so a good chance for him and you know, like I say, there, there might be others at the end of the season who do emerge. Um, Liam, for yourself, West Ham now. What do you think their aim has to be? What what would be classed as a success for David Moyes? In the short term, it's got to be survival, hasn't it? You know, they're in the drop zone now, and at the start of the season, you'd arguably say them, Crystal Palace, and Everton have been the worst three teams in the league. Which Everton and West Ham shouldn't be anywhere near there for no. me. Um, and, and collectively, they've. they've um, Leaked the most goals in, yeah. and you've got two England goalkeepers there. Pickford's yeah, exactly. let 22 goals in, Hearts let 23 in, which is the most. Yeah, it's not looking good. Um, 
in terms of for Moyes I think it's yeah survival and if he keeps them up he arguably would have done his job but I think for West Ham fans they're I mean, they're not going to be happy with finishing 17th, I don't think. So he's got to try and push that on. If they can finish mid-table, he'll have done a good job. If they finish top half, he's done an excellent job. And I think if he does get them in the top half, he will be there beyond the, beyond the end of this season. Yeah, and they're also they're in a cup quarter-final. I mean, OK, they're playing Arsenal away from home, which is difficult. But yeah. it's a competition that does Arsene Wenger really want to win? Well, we see with Wenger's team selections in yeah. well, Europa League and previously in Carabao Cup, he will... Gamble, he will play youngsters, and maybe the game's going to come at the right time for West Ham. Definitely, and, and West Ham, don't forget, they haven't won a trophy since 1980. <laughs> I've never seen them win anything apart from the Inter Toto Cup. So, um, three winners, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, <So>. yeah. <laughs> All right, mate, come on. Kick a man while he's down. Uh, fair enough. Uh, do, do you think Cup success, in a way, should now be almost prioritised do, do, no, do, no, will, no, will, will no. that bring back a feel good factor or, or do, is it really just a yeah look any time you can have a cup run for any club that for me that should have been one of the goals at the start of the season but as Liam said it is all about survival because West Ham are in a dogfight like it or not they're, they're playing catch up six defeats out of 11 they need to, and they've got a tough run coming up now they've got some difficult games but Watford away next Watford have been pretty decent at home um, then they've got um, Leicester at home on a Friday night Followed by, you know, um, I think they've got, if they've got a midweek, uh, Everton away. Yeah. Followed by Man City away. There's some tough games coming up for David Moyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, there we have it. Uh, David Moyes is about to be appointed. Uh, maybe by the time you listen, he will be appointed. Um, the manager of West Ham United in place. Yeah, tell us what you think. I mean, if you're a Man United fan, do you think, like, you know, should he be back in football, Sunderland fans? Yeah. Love to hear from you. No, I'd say that it's an interesting point. There's a lot of United fans who are, I think are still really annoyed by that period. So, yeah, please do get in touch. Uh, there's comments box uh, below. Please do let us know uh, what you think of the appointment. Um, we'll be back later this week on the Mirror Football podcast. Uh, it's International Week. Big games for England against Germany and Brazil. And... Also, for the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, the World Cup qualifiers. We'll be previewing all that uh, and more. Uh, but if you don't mind, please uh, give us a review, give us a rating. Um, let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, we're available on iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom. You can find us on the Mirror Football page, on the Mirror Football Twitter. How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working. So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out.